Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we are coming to you not live from Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And this is your podcast for Sunday, April 14th, 2019, Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. We're, it is upon us. So, uh, so, uh. Uh, break out those palms. I know you have them. Uh, and, uh, and wave uh, them if you got them. Wave them. <laughs> wave them if you got them. I love it. That's great. Uh, and um, um, we'll uh, hopefully see, see you on Sunday, and and we'll be uh, uh, weather permitting, uh, walking outside around the church. We'll we see what the weather is. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. well, at the ten o'clock service, we'll do the outside part. Um, Eight o'clock, we know we'll spend the whole time inside. I got you. I got you. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, Eight we, and ten. It could be seventy degrees and beautiful and sunny. It could be snowing. Right. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows this time of year? Welcome to the mid you know, Midwest. Uh, right. It's just. Uh, it just. It's. It's a. Uh, it's a. You never know. Got to roll. <laughs> just got to roll with it. So uh, we, we've got a decent uh, amount to get into. So let's go yeah. ahead and, uh, and and start with our ver- ever serious uh, 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 podcast sponsor. So this pod- week's podcast is brought to you by Duber. Have you ever found yourself wanting to make a triumphal entry, but can't find a donkey to borrow? Then try our new donkey ride-sharing app, Duber. (laughs) Our fully insured donkey wranglers will come to you and lead you where you want to go. You can even track the progress of your donkey's arrival on your phone, and it will tell you what color your donkey is and give you a picture of of your wrangler so you know it's safe. Don't forget to rate it five stars and use Duber for all your triumphal entry needs. And I hear they're going to add Duber Plus. Duber Plus. <laughs> which will be camels. Yeah, there you go. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, double humped. So, double hump. so, so uh, no longer will it just be you and an uncomfortable ride for your guest. Uh, uh, fully spacious, uh, fully loaded uh, uh, double humped camels. Long distance travel. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, um, uh, but, of course, there's, there's, always, uh, there, there's always the issue of, uh, of, of rate hikes during, uh, you know, prime. That's prime right. Donkey and, and camel rented holidays, seasons. It's going to be tough. Yeah, it's it's really going to be up there. So, so yeah, uh, yeah, Duber. Thank you very much, Duber. Appreciate it. Um, so let's, uh, in all seriousness, mm-hmm. or in part seriousness, as, as least, much seriousness uh, as we can manage. As well as I can manage is, is a pretty low bar. Um, uh, let's get into the readings. The first one's from Isaiah chapter fifty, verses four through nine a. The Lord God has given me the tongue of a teacher that I may know how to sustain the weary with a word. Morning by morning he wake, he wakens, wakens my ear to listen as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. I did not turn backward. I gave my back to those who struck me, and my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard. I did not hide my face from insult and spitting. The Lord God helps me, therefore I have not been disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who are my adversaries? Let them confront me. It is the Lord God who helps me, who will declare me guilty. Who will declare me guilty? Question mark. Sorry. Um, Punctuation's key. Punctuation is key. Uh, uh, So, uh, the the uh, um, not a big fan of the uh, the the um, and my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard. we're both bearded fellows. That would not not a, not a big fan of that language. That's right. I'm personally very well, very only suddenly afraid. Children are allowed to do this, right? Yeah, not even them. <laughs> okay, grandchildren. Yeah, not even them. So what's this? Uh, what's this? Um, 
what's this what's this chapter chapter uh, talking about here um, um a lot of a lot of uh a lot of comments about uh, um, um, uh, insult and injury, and uh, both right. both physical and verbal, and judgment, and and what are we what are we doing in this one? Well, as usual with the Hebrew scriptures, multiple layers are here. Sure. And the the first one is that within the Book of Isaiah, there are three servant songs, and this is the third of the servant songs. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, in his um, self proclaiming who he was, often referred even if just by a few uh, words, referred to Isaiah. And so it was a natural connection for Christians to search Isaiah for further reminders, marks, um, prophecies about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so very early on, Christians identified this as a prophecy about Jesus's arrest, suffering, torture, and yeah. crucifixion. Okay. So within the Jewish tradition, this is a image of a holy person who's willing to suffer for the sake of others in, mm-hmm. a, in a generic form for the most part. Um, that's a, that's a, a way of being that's accessible, accessible to anyone who's holy and faithful, whereas in Christianity, it tends to be more focused on uh, Jesus himself. Okay. And though obviously we're supposed to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, so coming around the block that way, we arrive at the same place of it's an a, a approach, an attitude, a perspective, a form of behavior that's accessible to anyone who's holy and faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see Jesus as a model of that actually living it out. There. Okay. So, uh, um, and maybe this is one of the reasons why there were there there were uh, multiple uh, uh, false prophets or false messiahs oh, yeah. before before him because. Hey, that guy has a face like Flint. Must be, <laughs> must be the Messiah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's that's part of the fun of messiahs is that people were not shy, just like today, mm-hmm. of saying what qualities are we looking for in the person who's going to save us, whether it's uh, religious or political or military or your favorite sports team, whatever you're trying to develop a savior for. Right. And so, yes, the. The false ones could easily have access to Isaiah and pull out these qualities um, and probably simply give lip service to them mm-hmm. rather than actually living them out. Uh, say, yeah, see, here I am. I'm the guy with a flint face. Right. Or whatever it might be. Here's my beard. Here's my beard. <laughs> give it a tug. Um, you know, I'm not just a Santa Claus in the department store getting beard t- tugged. I'm actually a suffering servant. Um, but, yeah, that's that's one of the ongoing issues throughout the time of people trying to faithfully follow God are false teachers and false prophets mm-hmm. who declare declare themselves or others declare them to be the um, ultimate in people and personhood and then disappoint. Yeah. And perhaps we're even doing it as a scam. And again, that still happens. Well, sure. I mean, uh, uh, I, I'm all but human, and uh, uh, very much do I disappoint <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pretty consistently. <laughs> but I've never seen you declare yourself a savior. <laughs> no, no, that would obviously be a step uh, too far. Right. Um, one of the lines of this that I, that I, that strikes me though that I that I really do like, just in thinking, especially in Old Testament uh, um, um, uh, mentality, is uh, verse five. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. I did not turn backward. And mostly just because it just makes me think of all the times in the Old Testament where 
um, uh, main protagonist of a book or a series of chapters uh, is is uh, uh, spoken to by God, and that seems to be like the recurring theme is like, eh, you should yeah. have the right person. I want to run the I, other way. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? No. Not me. Are you? Is there someone behind me? Is right. there? I, are you talking to that guy? Hey, not, not to me. Yeah, that's a good catch on your part because yeah, it's in direct direct opposition to say the story of Moses and like you say, so many others where the very human reaction is turn around, go the other way, or yeah, mm-hmm. is someone over my shoulder you're talking to? And so yeah, it would be stri- quite striking to the even earliest readers of Isaiah say, oh yeah. This, Wow, this guy is not rebellious. Is not going to turn another way. He's not going to turn backward. Um, that's that's pretty unusual. That's not right. universal, even among people who very um, spectacularly hear the voice of God. Right, 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 right. Uh, um, always, always uh, with that uh, hesitation. Uh, so that's that's kind of an interesting yeah. aspect. Uh, um, it really is uh, that 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 struck me. Anything else about Isaiah? I think I think the only other thing that I wanted to wanted to mention you, you touched on it briefly and just in case uh, uh, you the listener has not, haven't heard uh, some of the the previous uh, sessions uh, one of the very interesting things about Isaiah that that uh, you touched on and and we went into a little bit more detail before is Isaiah is is, is probably written by three very distinct authors right. it's not one single author so this is the third author. Uh, uh, of the is I think what you mentioned is like this is the third section. Actually, I'm forgetting which author it is to okay. be honest. But there are three different servant songs mm-hmm. that occur in the um, later chapters of Isaiah. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not sure if it's third Isaiah or second Isaiah Deutero Isaiah that has the authorship of the servant. In, songs. in a way, I suppose that that that. Uh, specific nuances is, is not, or that particular particularity isn't uh, necessarily that important because we also don't really know who they are for right. sure, right? Though um, one thing that is important that counts for either one of those p- potential authors is that it's a gift to the people of Israel as they're leaving their captivity, their exile under Babylonia, mm-hmm. uh, and heading back to, towards Jerusalem. That they that God will in fact be giving them wonderful, faithful, holy leaders, mm-hmm. and that these these servants will serve the people. That God promises that. Gotcha. So, th- so yeah. So that's actually one of the nuances that we hadn't talked about yet this morning. So I'm yeah. glad you brought that up. Yeah. Just wanted to bring that back around as a reminder. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's move on to uh, the book of uh, Philippians, chapter two, verses five through eleven. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So kind of a continuation of, of um, uh, earlier on in, in Isaiah was talking about uh, um, 
um, kind of kind of a turn the other cheek mentality mm-hmm. and 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 selfless, and it kind of continues on here in, in, in Philippians, speaking of uh, of of uh, you know Christ Lord as the as the the end result of this prophecy, right. and kind of reiterating, you know, he wasn't about himself. He he fulfilled that prophecy of of being humbled and mm-hmm. a servant to others, and and uh, even to the point of being a slave and and dying on a cross. Um, um, is this, is this, uh, is this verse specifically referring back to, uh, the, the, the prophecies of Isaiah and others, or is this, is, is the language intentionally and because obviously we've chosen it in more modern times to go along in this lectionary right. reading because we see similarities, but is that necessarily the intent or, well, there's no way to know for sure. Um, but, cer- but certainly, as I said a few minutes ago, Oh, come on, the, speak, say it so, the, and it shall be so. <laughs> the, the earliest followers of Jesus were very well, the de- very well aware of Jesus's self proclaimed <clears throat> connection to the Isaiah, to the whole book of Isaiah. And mm-hmm. so it would be almost surprising if there wasn't even subconsciously a connection, a repetition with some of the Isaiah wording let alone the themes right so quick answer yes there's yeah. a connection <laughs> yes okay there you go uh anything else about this uh this this reading yeah something that's not obvious uh is that verses um six through eleven are actually older than paul okay and paul's the earliest writer uh in within christianity that we have and he is undoubtedly quoting a earlier piece. Which uh, which piece is that? The well, we don't know. We don't have the document he is quoting from. Oh, okay, okay. So it's, it's not like verse by verse uh, reading from like that a, we found somewhere else. Right. Okay. But um, verses six through eleven are two stanzas from a hymn, right? From an early Christian hymn. Yeah. And, and Paul does this in various places as any good writer would, of quoting from pieces that his audience already knew. Mm, and saying, mm-hmm. remember, you know that um, though he was in the form of God, he did not rec- did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, dot, dot, dot. And people say, oh, yeah, we sang that last week in church. Mm-hmm. And so it was uh, a piece that the Philippians already knew well, and Paul was using to reinforce his point. Gotcha. Okay, so, so it was... So it was- Probably something that was already being read or, it, it, or it, sung. Or, or or sung. Do, we, do, do we have indications that that, uh, that song was part of early worship or worship mm-hmm. in the early church? Yeah. That's interesting. I don't think I knew that. Oh, yeah. The, um, I, always, I always tended to think that that was a mo- more modern machination of, uh, of, of Christian church dome. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know in the synagogues they were singing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The the Book of Psalms is a hymn book. So well, I and, suppose that's a really good point. That yeah. makes me look foolish. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Um, yeah, the, no, it's, it's already recorded, man. You might as well you might as well agree with me. Yeah, the, the, if if you look at a good translation of the Psalms, many of them have at the at the very beginning uh, direction for the choir master. Hmm. of what kind of instrumentation is to be used or what kind of rhythm and that sort of thing. And some of the words we don't know how to translate them. It's a guess. Sure. But but it is, the, in a sense, the music 
uh, right. uh, for the hymnal uh, of that's the Book of Psalms. So. I By the time are, the Christians came along, people had been singing in synagogue worship yeah. for quite a while, and the Christians simply continued what they knew from the time that they were simply Jewish mm. and continued on that tradition of, of singing in the midst of their worship. I suppose in, 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 in an attempt to, uh, uh, to defend my uh, uh, lack of knowledge there, uh, um, there are verses uh, that do, you know, they talk about the lute and the lyre and making a joyful yeah. noise. But I guess it never really has. I, I can't. I'm struggling to think of a verse that talks that, that actually references singing. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, in the synagogue expressly as part of the service. I, you know, right. make a joyful noise is kind of implying that you know that, you know that that maybe that was occurring. But I mean, that's more inf inference than. My bet is that the writers of the of the scriptures, particularly the New Testament. The, the, the time to write, the time to read it out loud to the congregation or the, the group that you're trying to teach, um, the physical materials to mm -hmm. produce the, the letters of Paul, the Gospels, etc., were so precious that they only wrote down the things that were absolutely essential to know. Mm -hmm. And my bet is they just presumed everyone knew that you sang in worship. I suppose that's the part of the oral tradition that right. was easiest to hang on and yeah. hang on to, and that I, I suppose would, would be better known as opposed to uh, quoting the readings or, you know. Yeah, and, where, uh, yeah, it's, they wanted to make sure they were able to, to quote Jesus accurately mm -hmm. and fully rather than say, after the singing, Jesus unrolled the scroll and started to teach. Right, right, or, right, right. You know, the choir was beautiful that day, and because right. <laughs> you notice there's there's not a lot of other detail that in modern literature we would expect. Of it was a sunny day, it was cloudy. Sure. Um, you know, all we'll occasionally hear is the size of the crowd, mm -hmm. um, the unrolling of the scroll. Yeah, the fly, you I mean, know, just these tiny, small details. details. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes. What the the lute or lyre was was uh, was a little off key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a dog barking all right, through the right. sermon. I couldn't pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we don't have those details, so sometimes it's it's easy to make it to it's easy to picture life as very bland. Sure. Because the scriptural details are not very rich most of the time. All I'm saying is we wouldn't have had this problem had J.R.R. Tolkien uh, been the author. <laughs> no, of, not at all. <laughs> we would have gone into great lengths yes. <laughs> of the uh, of the song. The, the, uh, the golden hue of the lyre. <laughs> that, and a bit of bronze near one end. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. So... All right, so then, uh, so then, moving on. Yeah. And before we move on uh, to uh, Luke chapter nineteen, verses twenty-eight through forty, we have a bonus uh, podcast spot, uh, podcast sponsor in 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 light of uh, of this because it's going to be the uh, the triumph, the, the entry into Jerusalem. Uh, this, this is Palm Sunday, of course. We're going to read this this part. So, this week's podcast was also brought to you by. Do you need a donkey, but are tired of the lack of selection? Then come on down to Dr. Dave's Donkey Emporium. We have all kinds of donkeys. Gray ones, brown ones, ones with saddlebags, and ones without. Don't have enough money to buy one off the lot? No problem. Bad credit, no credit, 
We'll get you financed. We even offer Christ the King discounts. So the next time you need a donkey, remember Dr. Dave's Donkey Emporium, right off I-77 under the overpass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Though I will note, Jesus borrowed the donkey. He didn't buy it. <laughs> I know. He borrowed the burrow. It was closer to the tuber. <laughs> Very true, very true. But, you know, Dr. <coughs> Dave's Donkey Emporium was a very lucrative sponsor, so I had to get him. <laughs> you had to get him in there. Uh, so, so let me point out one thing, is that if you are someone who Googles the lectionary to keep up with the podcast, you will be out of luck at this moment. Right. Because we are leaving the lectionary track and uh, focusing on the gospel for the Palm Sunday procession mm -hmm. rather than the gospel for the passion of Jesus Christ. Which we acknowledge uh, yeah. is heresy on your part. Oh, and uh... <laughs> I'll make up for it on Good Friday. <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that's a good, that's a good yeah. point. Uh, I think uh, on the actual the, uh, electionary website is going to give you the option of Luke 22 or, which is super long, uh, or, um, oh my gosh. Yeah, I think it's 22 all the way into 23, and then... Well, it, it's the entire arrest, trial, and death of Jesus. Yeah. So right. that, that took a little time. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, a lot of very wordy uh, 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 section. Even without talking about the music. Right, yeah, even without. Uh, uh, very Tolkien-esque. Uh, no, but, uh, but you're right, yeah, it's a very long, uh, long, long reading, and, and, and uh, chapter 23 through, tw or 22 through 23 is what you will find on... Uh, the standard website for or any website that that refers to lectionary readings for you know that we follow for the Passion Church. Sunday, yeah. And at, at Holy Family, we're going to be doing something a little bit different than many Episcopal churches, in that we will focus on Palm Sunday only on the events of Palm Sunday, mm -hmm. and on Good Friday, we'll focus on the events of Good Friday. Right. So uh, you have to come to all the services to get the full the full experience, or read the Bible at home. <laughs> I don't know who has No, time. it's better if you come. Who has it's time better if you for come that? to church. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I, I, I think that's a that's a good point. And and it it, it is. It, it does kind of uh, you know, Palm Sunday deserves its own Oh yeah. Its own it attention. Is so deep. Yeah, absolutely. So to to emphasize how deep it is, how about how about we get into it? Please do. Uh, chapter 19 verse uh, starting at 28. After he had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethphage and Bethany, at a, the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two, two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Just say this, The Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found, and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had been seeing. They had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven, and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, 
I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. Um, so, uh, uh, in, in this reading, Colt, not Donkey, sure. Uh, I, I, I give up on that one. Um, but um, <laughs> He traded it in. He tra yeah, he, he upgraded. Uh, uh, um, but um, it is uh, um, not recommended to, to use this excuse to take anything from your neighbor, by the way, just, as a, just, just right. so that we can have that caveat of like, hey, Don't go why are you likewise. taking my car? Oh, the Lord needs it. Um, I imagine we, we skip over a little bit more of the interaction with the disciples. Right. Uh, uh, the owner of the cult was, in my mind, not necessarily like, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> or he could have been, oh, yeah, I know who you guys are. Yeah, please take it. That could be. That's an honor. That could be. Could be. Yeah. Uh, so in a way, it kind of does a, does a disservice to, to, to kind of uh, uh, do that interaction because it very well could have been like a, a sign of recognition. That, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. And um, again, it's one of those things we don't get all the details we might like. Right. But they only have again, so much time and resources. Come on, Tolkien. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But the other thing that I noticed is, at least in in, in Luke's account, it's uh, uh, cloaks. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and very famously, uh, Palm Sunday being palms. Uh, and and this one does not make reference to the waving of palms right. at all. Um, so where where do we get that from? Is it from uh, in the other Gospels or? It's only in the Gospel of John. Okay, only in the Gospel of John. Yeah. So there there's your fun fact for the day, is that Palm Sunday. It only features palms in the Gospel of John. Okay. And the palms um, were seen as a sign of royalty. Mm -hmm. And John, in his account, very strongly wants us to recognize that this is a triumphal entry of the king. Gotcha. And so there are palms. The other thing John does that the other three Gospels do not do is Jesus himself picks out the animal hmm. and sets himself upon it. So he's in full control mm -hmm. of the entire event. Um, yeah, that, so so in Luke, yeah, so in chapter a, 35, they say they set Jesus on it. Yeah, and you'll be happy to know in John it is a donkey. <laughs> there you <laughs> and go. And Jesus sets himself on it. Okay. Um, so it's, and that happens repeatedly in the Gospel of John, is actions that others do around Jesus John has Jesus doing himself because he wants to emphasize, John does, that Jesus is fully in control of what's happening. The crowd is not mm -hmm. putting this upon him, but Jesus is willing to take this role for this procession. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, is there any, like, I've always been very curious why the animal has to be, have never been ridden on before. Is it just a, a, a sign of cleanliness? Or? I think, yeah, it's a sign of purity. I mean, because I know for like purposes of of uh, of um, when they when they uh, um, sacrifice animals and, and and stuff, oftentimes it's you know young animals or pure. So is some right. is some in, uh, inclination of purity is is involved. Is that just carrying through? And yeah, I think so. In this imagery here, and because um, I would want to be on a cult that has had someone ride them before. Right. <laughs> My triumphal entry on an unridden colt would uh, probably end in a face plant. Yeah, I was going to say, be a little <laughs> comical. And that and that may be part of the uh, um, be amazed by this aspect of this story. Right. Uh, the but, animal was calm. And, and Yeah. 
But I, I have to admit, I haven't read much scholarship that focused on that, so I can't <laughs> it, say for sure that it is not the the hinge at which this entire reading uh, right. lies, uh, or the core of our faith. <laughs> maybe, Blessed be the donkey. Yes. <laughs> maybe it takes someone who liked cowboy movies as a kid to focus on that. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, so. We also have here uh, the Pharisees being. Uh, uh, once again, kind of depicted as the not necessarily the foil, but the the the, the group of people who are trying to yeah hey, hey tone it down you know like you know tell 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 the people to to, to calm down and uh, it's it, it's an interesting response from from Jesus uh, but mostly just because I think it's like hey look this is gonna I could but this is gonna happen. You know, you know, the, the joy is here. It's the, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure if there's a specific meaning behind his words that that are implied, but I'm well, sure he, you could tell me. Jesus knew that you were going to be hung up on singing in hymns today. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so here is Stone singing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but in all seriousness, this passage um, only occurs in Luke. It doesn't occur in any of the other. Uh, three gospels the part about about the stone the, the pharisees specifically yeah, as well well like this back and forth yeah, or, is, or just and, this reference the back okay. and forth um and yeah the back and forth and G, including jesus's punchline about the stones themselves would shout out mm -hmm. so um one of the things to keep in mind is that probably the pharisees were not saying it as a hey you're disturbing the peace mm -hmm. thinking of how the pharisees are depicted through the gospel of luke probably they were saying you calm down you're going to get in big trouble if you keep doing right this. the romans are going to hear yeah it. the romans are going to hear it mm -hmm. so for goodness sake tell your disciples to be quiet um and jesus saying no that's not what this is about this is mm -hmm. not about trying to get along with the romans this is about saying something foundational about the very meaning of creation right and therefore the stones would be singing also this is uh, uh um not wanting the romans to find out is uh antithetical to my prophecy right like, and my purpose th that yeah. you know hey it's gonna happen and it's supposed to happen yeah uh, so if they don't shout the stones will because it has to happen it has to happen yeah, yeah that's a good point the other thing that's interesting here is the Pharisees and before that in the description of the crowd, it is the disciples who are doing the shouting and, and cheering and all that. Whereas in the other three gospels, it's simply crowds. Right. And so one of the um, old preaching traditions was if you had the other three gospels for Good Friday, you could talk about in the sermon that the crowd that was shouting Hosanna on Palm Sunday on Good Friday is shouting crucify him. Mm -hmm. That's the same group. It's just the, the, the group that wants um, parades mm -hmm. and special effects and whatever is exciting and uh, therefore is very fickle right. and unpredictable. Triumphal entries are just as interesting as crucifixions. Exactly. What's the mm -hmm. party today? And uh, so it's interesting in Luke hmm. that it has a just slightly different focus. That these are the yep. disciples, and so they are definitely doing God's will. There's no doubt about it because it's mm -hmm. the disciples. It's not just the um, people going down the street joining in. 
whereas with the uh, other three, it's the people who are drawn to the excitement mm-hmm. and are short-termers, bandwagon people. Right, right, right. Very, very interesting. Well, anything else on uh, on Luke? Any other tidbits? I mean, not well, to steal from a sermon or something. Right, this, this will steal probably a little bit from the sermon, but um, one of the interesting dynamics around Palm Sunday that we often just don't know about, let alone overlook, is at the same time as this parade is going on, Pontius Pilate would have been arriving on the other side of town with the Roman army Mm. because they were coming down to um, reinforce the troops for the uh, Jewish Holy Days, for the Passover. Mm -hmm. And so traditionally, Pontius Pilate would come in a grand procession because he'd prefer to hang out in the Mediterranean Ocean. And so he'd come in from the west side of Jerusalem, from the ocean side, and Jesus is specifically described as coming from the Mount of Olives, which is roughly the east side. Ah. And so you had conflicting parades that never actually crossed and didn't have to. But coming through one gate, Jesus, coming through another gate, the Roman legions. Interesting. So so one of the potential implications there, which that's great information because that's not yeah. written in any yeah. of the, 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 the gospel accounts. One of the implications might have been then for the intended readers of, 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 of the gospel of that Jesus's entry overshadows that of the Roman Empire. Exactly. And that was was uh, was far more as uh, part of the death sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Isn't it, though? That is that is cool. Um yeah, so I'll, I'll talk more about that in the sermon on Sunday at eight and ten. There you go. If you'd like to hear how that's. But you got to come or or listen to the podcast or listen to the podcast yeah. or watch the video or on watch YouTube. The video or just <laughs> we read, make it easy. Read the right book. Yeah, we make it easy. <laughs> John Dominic Crossan in his book on Holy Week writes about that. Interesting. That yeah. is that is really cool. I'm always fascinated how the uh, the historical aspect of of, uh, of of this time period then get can be interwoven, and if mm-hmm. you take a step back to understand the authorship and what the point of view is and yeah. what they're trying to say, it can really help you kind of, you know, uh, um, contextualize these uh, uh, a, a lot more. It makes them so much richer and, yeah. um, again, multi-layered in their meanings. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I suppose that's it then. Uh, uh, At some point, we just got to say stop because we could go on and on. Exactly. Uh, the only other thing that I want to mention before we go, uh, it's our intention. Uh, so once I put it in this podcast, we'll have to follow through or we'll look foolish. Uh, it's going to be our intention to release a special episode uh, focusing on uh, Holy Week in general uh, and, and in addition next week. Uh, so you will get uh, two podcasts from us. Uh, one for focusing on Holy Week and one focusing on Easter and the unveiling of that word that we cannot say yet. Uh, uh, but uh, Go ahead and say it. Don't, uh, don't leave them hanging. No. The, it, well, I, it's even more fun if I say it with the A word. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yes, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll unbox uh, uh, Alleluia again. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, but, uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll be doing a special podcast to focus on, on, on Holy Week as well because there's a lot that goes on. Sure Monday, is. Thursday, and Good Friday. And, and Easter all sorts Vigil. Of, and... Yeah, absolutely. Lots of really rich uh, readings, really rich traditions that we can mm-hmm. kind of, we're going to kind of get delve into. So uh, join us for that. Uh, we're going we're gonna to shoot to release that on Monday and then, the, and then Tuesday uh, of next week we'll, we'll release the, um, the, the normal podcast and that'll focus on, on, on Easter and everything. So, yeah. so uh, with that, uh, we really appreciate you spending your time with us. Uh, uh, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.